0: Season one, episode 19, listing a house, we've got a season for that. Hello and welcome to Get Real. My name is Josh Morgan, aka The Renovating Realtor.
1: And I'm Gavin Townsend, longtime real estate investor with a background in education in the arts turned licensed sale
0: professional. We're two realtors in the western New York area who love talking all things real estate. We cover a wide variety of topics with an aim to educate and entertain you, no matter your role as a buyer, seller, investor, enthusiast, or another real estate professional.
1: You can trust that we're always going to be upfront and honest no matter what topic we're discussing.
0: So listen up and get ready to, to get, get real. Ready.
1: There always is. And you should think about that if you're going to sell a house because when's the best time? When's the right time to do that?
0: So there's always a season for things. You know, seasons dictate what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Dictate buyer's actions, dictate seller's actions. Yep. And not just in the real estate market, but anything, right? Yeah. A repair market, if you're a contractor, you yes. are. There's winter inside work. There's summer outside work. There's Absolutely. There's trying to fit everybody in on an, on your schedule. So what is the listing seasonality in the Northeast. So in my notes, I had put that we have a spring listing market where everybody's getting their houses on the market. And that's kind of like the first big push of the year, right, Gav?
1: Yeah. And I think that's pretty traditional, again, because of our weather and what we're known for with our winters. And when we were in a more balanced market, typically people don't want to schlep through bad weather to look at homes or or move during
0: that. So probably about May, right, is when spring, April is, you know, getting that Prep done. Done. Yeah,
1: I think I think it depends. And again, everything we're saying today, you know, we're going to have to kind of quantify as well or qualify with the fact that we're still in a very low inventory yeah. um, situation. But that being said, I would say that after the new year, typically, if you knew you got through the holidays and now you think you're going to sell your home, you start doing those repairs or uh, refinements or decluttering and cleaning um, as soon as you can, in the hopes that maybe if the weather cooperates, sooner the better. Maybe even by March or April. Yeah. It just really depends on what's going on with the weather.
0: Yeah, I know up here sometimes we see snow in the, in March and sometimes... Blizzards on Mother's Day. Sometimes yeah. into April. And <laughs> yeah, so, it know, just and, depends. And, you know, farmer's markets, right, because you like good weathers with farmer's markets, Is those start in, you know, May. Yes. Right?
1: So that's kind of where you're striking and, if, yeah. and again, talking about the season of all things and seasons of our lives, whether we have children in school or not, we all, for the most part, came through a school calendar sort of culture. Right. And I think our society is still kind of driven by that. So I think people have to think about whether or not you have school children involved and that is, is particular to you. I think that people think in terms of, well, if I get my house ready to sell and it's on the market by May, and let's say it goes under contract kind of quickly within the first month, do the math, 30 to 60 days, 60 to 40 to 90 days from there, I want to be able to get that under contract. And maybe families are looking at my home. So they want to be plotted and where they are and moved in before school starts, which in our area is around Labor Day.
0: And we've had that conversation many times, Gav, you and I have, about how to best help our customers or our clients based on their goals. Yes. Right. So we kind of reverse engineer that into, you know, timelines. Yes. Right. So what's your goal? Are you you know, wanna be here? Okay. Well Yeah, where we are have you to, going? We yeah. have to look at this and we start back treading, you know, back treading and back pedaling yes. into and kind of like getting right in there and right. saying, Okay, so if we want that then, then we have to do this now.
1: Yes. And for all your teachers out there, that backwards design, like Josh said. What's the goal where you want to be? And, and sellers at the same time, we're selling your house. That might be the easy part in this market, but yeah. where are you going? Yeah. And so, where does, how, we have to coordinate that up too. And so, if you're moving into a market that's different than ours, I know that Josh has had this recently with a transaction where, and we've both had people moving in and out of state. If you're moving, you're selling your house in New York, but you're moving to Florida, maybe you have school children, their academic calendar is different. So is California. By about 30 days. Yeah. August is. So a lot of people don't think about it. So maybe it's perfect up here that you sell and the, your buyers get into their home by September, but right. you truly need to be plot and planted over in Florida by like the end of July.
0: Yeah. So we, so, so we have the spring listing market, the summer buying season. I'm kind of just kind of getting, absolutely. giving these titles, get right? Get into it, yeah. You know, we have then the up here in the Northeast, we have the Labor Day lull, right? People I love are, it. Yep. People yep. are kind of, you they know. They disappear. They disappear. You missed t- one though. D- What's a really I,
1: important one? What did I do? Fourth of July.
0: Oh. Oh, the Fourth of July! Yeah, people go on vacation. It's now, not doing it's a much. week.
1: It's a week of lost time, and great for everybody because everybody's at that point that I, okay, it's the official kickoff of summer, and I want to have my vacation, and everybody mm-hmm. should be doing that. But what it does transactionally, yeah, in it, the real kicks it, world, it
0: kicks it back probably about two weeks
1: exactly. And I yeah. feel like, and you know, some clients are rolling their eyes so far back in their head right now <laughs> that they can't see. But I always say I feel like we're still rebounding from that.
0: Yeah, and sure, we can't help but People need to take vacations; they need to recharge. Right? You it can't just to. keep keep on. On going and keep on pushing, so yeah, people like to spend the, the 4th of July with their families. They go to the lakes, they go, you know, I, they're did, traveling. That, I did that just recently. I yes. went to the lake, it was great, it's awesome. And so, but people go on vacation, they go camping, they do things, and uh, where they're out of the office, the communication is limited. Um, so yeah, it, it takes some time to get back, it takes some time to catch up, it takes some time to then start progressing again. So,
1: and then think about the professionals involved. You've heard us it's yeah. talk ad nauseum about how many times there's so many people involved. So, the bankers. There's bank Mm -hmm. holidays. There's federal holidays. And so business, while though the agents can be showing a house and running around and still being fluid that way, there are some processes and players in your transaction that can't because it's a federal holiday. So think about those things when we think about when we're listing.
0: So we have the 4th of July. We have the Labor Day lull, like I said. Yep, they're getting ready then, to go back
1: to school. They want to chill for a second, enjoy the last moments of summer.
0: Yeah, getting kids into school is, is probably a little bit chaotic. I'm just starting to deal with that. Mm-hmm,
1: like see?
0: Preschool coming up for my little guy. <laughs> see? So yeah. It's going to be a big thing for us. So, But then after they get into school and after they get settled in their schedules and <sighs> you get back into you get your breath back, and you kind of finally kick your kids out of the house and they're not driving you crazy, pulling your hair out.
1: And you want a new place to watch your football games on Sundays. So, we have have the
0: fall market. market. We have the fall market. And then here in the northeast it kind of picks back up for that fall period because the weather is still nice enough. You still have, you know, 60s and whatnot. It's not too miserable to move, but then the leaves start changing and falling.
1: It's a beautiful time of the year to list because your houses, again, when we're thinking about listing, when's your house going to look the best?
0: If you have trees on your yard, that lighting is nice.
1: It's stunning. Like, the (laughs) spring is great because it's not, everything's not at full bloom, but it's fresh and it's nice. When we get in the middle of summer and it's really dry and the, you know, maybe the The yard doesn't look the best it can. We've over mowed, but then fall comes back and we've got those beautiful colors. Like you said, the light's great, but also the big thing about that is do the math again. So if we have this little fall mini season that kicks out at the end of September into October, do the math again.
0: People ha- want to be in their house by winter, though. That's right. When is winter? November ish. <laughs> uh, first blizzards
1: always Halloween.
0: Yeah, but maybe, yeah.
1: but do the math. So if you got under if you got your list if your home's listed by let's say October first and it took sixty days to close and it's December first that's a little late in the game. But you technically could get into your new home or your buyers if you're the lister um, are going to get plot and planted in their new home before the holidays. That's kind of the goal for everybody. I think so- it's a
0: much shorter transition transaction period in the fall a much shorter transaction period in the fall because it is much a bigger push Yeah. because you only have those 45 to 90, 60 days, it's quick. Ish, 65-ish days to get in there before the winter really sets into it. And then you start going into, I call it the winter hibernation.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, but there is a purpose for every stage of that market, I think. Mm-hmm. And so both for buyers and for sellers. So we go into the winter hibernation, hibernation, but then we kind of flip that back to the beginning. It comes full circle back into the new year prep. Yep. Absolutely. And So we start taking action as agents on all the conversations we've been having with potential sellers with buyers and say hey time to get ready we need to start you know rehashing these conversations did you do what we talked about over the winter
1: and like what you said co- coordinating the effort with another with a contractor that might have the downtime now in the winter to be able to get to those refinements or repairs or improvements that you're going to get to so you got to coordinate that well in advance more so now than any other time
0: absolutely and I kind of have that in notes here, right? And so down the line here, it says, like, we're planning to list in the spring and summer. What are we doing? But we're not sitting idle in the winter. No, we're
1: not waiting and seeing.
0: No, we're, we're using the, or as a seller, we are suggesting or telling people to use the winter months to perform the work needed or anything that you need to do to get your house ready right. for the spring listing season because we all know work takes time and people are hard to manage. That's right. And so we are doing things like interior work or alterations or improvements on the interior because as contractors, they move from the outside now to the inside, mm-hmm. right? So if you're doing any sort of inside work and trying to get it done in the summer, they're probably pushing you off. Right. And they're pushing and you scheduling off. scheduling you you out and scheduling you out because you have to make hay when the sun shines. That's right. And the sun is shining. I need to do roofs. <laughs> we have a I short
1: need, season in this area.
0: I need to be doing roofs. I need to be doing exterior work. I need to be doing siding. I need to be doing windows. We are not doing windows in November. Septic systems, yes. things like that. Things that we can. The
1: seasonality of that work.
0: Yep, and there's seasonality to that work too. So they're going to coordinate or. Um, You know, schedule that with you, but you need to be communicating as a potential seller with the contractors along the whole way, right? So we're doing, we're scheduling interior work during the winter, but you are communicating that probably during the summer. Yes. Summer months.
1: Absolutely. It takes that much out that, that lead time's required and then turn around right away and say, okay, if my list date is going to be X and again, make sure you coordinate with your real estate professional, get on their calendar. I know I appreciate it when I can block out my time and kind of put, it's not carved in stone, no. but okay, so-and-so is going to target list date is here. So then I can. Plan my transactions accordingly. So for, book I'm your sorry. person. That's yeah, okay
0: for us. That we call it filling up our pipeline. Yeah, have right? to. So we have things coming down the pipe that we have it, that need to be performed in the proper time
1: and align you with a buyer that we think is going to be looking at the same time that you're listing.
0: Exactly. So we are doing interior work, painting, trim work, kitchens, bathrooms, interior buildouts during the winter. Okay,
1: decluttering, get rid of the crap.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> stuff to be more <laughs> to be nicer about. Well,
1: it. Well, but honestly. I mean, because we just see this all the time, and we've been talking about it a lot, and you've got a lot of folks that some of us have the support and help of family members to help us declutter when we've been in a home for decades. Some of us do not. It is not an easy undertaking. And so the sooner you can start tackling that or getting a team together of other people that might be more available in the winter than they are in the summer, then you can get some people together to hand off your things, get things to goodwill, get the clothes where they need to be, and start purging.
0: And so... Again, and I go with the contractor thing because it's that's you really have to plan that stuff. You've got to. It's the exterior contractors are you're communicating in the winter and then getting on their schedule early so that they can start as soon as the weather breaks. When's right. the weather break? May, April-ish. Sure. You know, so let's get them outside, right, as soon as we can. And be quick to it. And be quick to it. And so here's some of the things, too, uh, that you can do to make sure that you are on their schedules because, you know, contractors are difficult to manage. They're difficult folks to manage because they are sometimes sporadic if you're dealing with, you know, A smaller contractor, right? They're jumping from job to job. Their crews are not the largest. They may just have one crew
1: and they're waiting on a supply. Now we're waiting on this. Now there's an emergency. Now I gotta push it back. And we and you too have to be flexible and responsive to that.
0: Yes, but some of the things that we can do is you keep in contact with them through the winter or through the months. Don't assume to make sure that you're on track to do that. You know, don't always assume that they're going to communicate with you something that happened in their schedule because they're busy running their business. Right. So you need to take care of, you You need to be a boss. You need to take charge of your project is what I, what I, what I call that. Take control of your project. Yep. Right. And so, Make sure you're on their schedule and then keep them accountable for finishing on time or keep anybody in this process accountable for finishing on time. Set up schedules that make them motivated to finish. Milestones, 25%, 50%, 75% completion. And when I say these percentages, I mean pay. Yeah. Right? So a lot of these things, most of these Keeping people... Keeping everybody want, honest. Most of these people want 50% up front. Keeping 50%. everybody incentivized. Yes. But no, I'm going to pay you 10% to get started. Then at this milestone, at this milestone, at this milestone don't. Also, too, in business, if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. Make sure you have a contract.
1: Exactly. Get it written. Get it done.
0: Make sure you have agreements with these people so that you can, you know just like we have contracts and we're following the contracts, they are too, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, consider buying materials yourself, right? Because you I've had instances but when make I- But make sure,
1: please, that you consult your contractor before you do that.
0: That those materials are <laughs> homogenous and will work for your project. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure that you, and if you buy materials yourself, it's a great way to, one, control costs of your project yeah. and also to eliminate uh, reasons why someone can't show up to do work. I've had contractors push me off because oh, contract or available availability material availability blah blah blah. Absolutely, and, and it that's could reality. Be, and folks. it could be true. It could be whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But if you buy materials and you have them at your at your house, and you say, "Look, you're here for labor. Just show up and do the work," right? And um, so you're buying materials yourself. You're losing excuses for contractors not to show up, so that you're taking control of your project again, right? Yeah. You're doing the It's things. Your
1: responsibility.
0: Yeah, because no one's going to care about your business or thing. As your house much more as than you. You are, right? That's right.
1: And if you want to stick to that schedule that you've lined up with your sales professional in the hopes to get the most activity on your home for a quick, smooth sale, when the most amount of buyers are available, you'll make it your priority to do so.
0: Absolutely. And so and even if you're not using contractors and you're doing the work yourself, make sure then that you're following your timelines. Right.
1: And this is everything we've outlined right now is for that traditional market sales season, right? So if we're thinking about winter we're not using any idle time, we're always going to do something to get prepared for that spring, more of a longevity of a year-long rotation there. If you're thinking about doing something a bit more creative, like, okay, no, I think I'm going to list in the fall. Then you got to shift that entire system and that schedule and make sure that that's going to work for you. I think there's huge opportunity to be the first out of the gate in the spring. I also think there's a huge opportunity to do what's necessary. Maybe don't uh, prematurely list something. If right. it's your your house should be in the best condition possible. Mm-hmm. You should be working with your attorneys and your sales professional to remove any obstacles, be that a title blemish or things like that. Everything. So avail yourself the time. There's nothing worse than just throwing something on the market and running through all these kind of hiccups. Now, no transactions without something, a little wrinkle. Yeah. But if you can iron that out, the much to your knowledge and what's in your control prior to going on the market, it's going to make for that much more of a smoother transaction. Well, people
0: and people, buyers, I say people, but buyers, they're not going to gloss over your unfinished products Correct. projects.
1: They're going to start tallying in their head, well, it needs this, it needs that, this is dated whatever and again you might not be over the task of renovating your house to sell it you might be, and if you do, you need to be realistic about your time frame, but that's why you need to talk to your sales professional earlier than later about, what. Do you, come on and see the house. What do you think I need to do? Yeah. Maybe we're not changing anything, but it's the staging consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's things like that, and that all takes time. You're beholden to that sales professional's schedule as well, when they can get you in. So sooner than later, spring market's great, be fresh on the market, be among the first ones there to do it, do it right, but but if you miss that mark because you're not really prepared, that's okay. It's better to be prepared than not be. Prolong the listing. Be considerate of the other timeframes of your buyers. Remember, sellers always think like buyers. So we kind of are always kind of anchored around that Labor Day break, but then another great time and a huge opportunity is fall. And I think it's one of right. the best times to list.
0: Yeah, because it, it's pretty, you can, it's another...
1: It's one of it's our things in Western New York. It's a New different
0: York. marketing tool. Yeah. yeah. The Northeast is unique in that it has seasons. Yes. We have seasons, well, sometimes all in one day, but yeah, we sometimes have, all in one day. But we have seasons, people. We're yes. not Hawaii. It is not the same every day. Yeah.
1: And, and so, so I think there's something special about that. And so if you can tap into that and if you're not quite sure what that means, talk to your sales professional because it's one of my favorite times. And I think that seasonality and maybe toning into decorating and things like that to position your home at a special time of the year, that's kind of our hallmark around here. Who doesn't love to be in the Northeast in the fall? There's a real opportunity there. So we're recording this This. Episode in July.
0: The heat of the summer. In the heat of the summer,
1: because we want you to be ready for what's coming for the next year. And also, if you're thinking that maybe you can get everything together to be part of that mini season in the fall, now you've got time to do it.
0: So remember that it always takes longer and costs more, too. So yes, there are
1: things to do. Add those, right?
0: add those paddings in there, those it's contingencies true. in there that just, you know, and contingency is the overruns, right? And yeah. it's, oh, I ran into an issue. We got to deal with it.
1: And we're going to Deal with it, but if we can do what we can see before ourselves immediately and control what we know and we need to control out of the gate, then we can circumvent or overcome those little obstacles that present themselves later. And every transaction is going to do that. But I think that's really important, and there's a big opportunity to do that. But you might want to also understand, too, because it's a coordination that's involved. You have a house to sell, and that's great, and in this market, it's going to sell. Yeah. If it's price right, price condition, location, positioned, all those good things, it's going to sell. Where are you going? And so I'm going to circle back to our point earlier in the episode. You've got to have that coordinated and you've got to understand. So if you're going out of state again, like we said, beginning of the episode, what's the season there?
0: And so I like to begin with the end in mind, right? We need to know what the end is. What is... Success looked like in this transaction to us. Whether there's two legs or three legs to this transaction, what does it look like? Where do we end up? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I think the best tool for this is to a piece of paper and a pen. Yeah, map it out. Write this out. And map it out. Yes, on paper. It'd be so that reasonable. We all understand because you can't keep all this stuff in your head. It's a lot. It's it a is. lot to really it's project just
1: management. Whoo-
0: Keep together. There's whole softwares dedicated to lining <laughs> all of this stuff up. For sure. And if you guys haven't heard of these things, it's called. There's one thing called a Gantt chart. Yeah, yeah. Right, a Gantt chart lines all of these things up. And can also do special things like dependencies and things, but we're not getting into that. I'm just talking about just timelines. know that
1: it's not always a straight line, right? From point A to point B is not always a straight line. Yeah,
0: no, it's not. Sometimes there's uh, you know things that oh well, we got to backtrack here, we got to you know we, we're held up, we're stuck here. But typically, Gantt charts look like waterfalls, and that's what you <laughs> want to see. You want to see the waterfall down in a linear fashion, so that it step by step, and
1: incremental.
0: Yeah, that you Kinda get like a hurricane that you get to your goal. <laughs> <laughs> Hurricanes are bad. don't
1: <laughs> but but again, and I think that's when you plan mindfully. If you yes. fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. You know, we know that adage, and it's true because you do have to pad yourself and be realistic. Something's going to happen outside of our control, or something that we didn't see. So it does take time and money to sell a home. Mm-hmm. You got to prepare. You got to hedge on that side. Be conservative in your estimates. Be um, in terms of time and pad your budget because. Things are gonna come up. There's seasonality to things as well. When we're talking about things like home inspections and things like that, if you're selling a home on a septic system, remember that that septic inspection can't occur when there's three feet of snow on the ro- on the ground. So there's yeah. all sort, There's a fix for that. There's curatives there, but the ideal situation, and that's kind of what we're talking about today, right. when you're on septic, etc. ideally if there's a septic inspection that's going to occur, it can't be in the middle of winter. And that's why a lot of times you see a bit of a lull or that hibernation period that Josh talked about with the winter months, simply because people are A, dealing with the holidays, B, cold, we kind of hibernate, C, some people leave the area. Some Have people you, are seasonal speaking and of we'll that, talk about speaking that.
0: Speaking of that septic, situation in the winter around here. Have you seen... Sellers get septic inspections at pre-listing or after, right as they list?
1: Sometimes they do. And see if
0: they would accept that. I don't know what the date is, on. like sure. days of. Well,
1: that, it depends on the mortgage, and it depends sure. on if that's a requirement. It's usually 30 days within closing. So okay. you, they could have had it inspected and pumped and say, here, here's what I just did two months ago. You cool with that? Great. Sometimes it works. But I've also yeah. seen recently where we have a lot of people coming from out of area. Buying in this area and right. they may or may not be familiar with a septic system or the seasonality that we have. Yeah. And so even though that septic system is brand new, here it is, it was just installed a year ago, they
0: Things happen. aren't
1: comfortable and they don't understand it. And so, and if their mortgage company says, and the lender says, no, we have to have this within 30 days of closing. I don't care if it was just installed a year ago and it's brand new. It's the comfort level of the buyer. Yeah. There's curatives for that. So I've had transactions where, yeah, we're in the middle of winter and they're septic and they want the septic inspection. And some counties, now, Tennessee County doesn't require septic inspection of the health department for transfer of title. Right. But other surrounding counties do. Mm -hmm. And so when that is a must do, even if the buyer said, I think it's cool, I don't need it, but we can't transfer title and therefore close unless we do this. Money can be held in escrow. So yeah. there's a fix for everything, guys. It's not ideal, and no seller loves to put $20,000 in escrow No. Uh, to hope that by the time the spring thaw comes three months later and the septic's actually tested, that it's going to be okay and they maybe get that money back. But we're telling you all this because these things and more happen, and, and that's why municipi- you got a plan.
0: And the municipalities know this, too, and they're not holding up business in the winter because they can't dig a hole. Right. So this is what they've... This is what they've come up with as a remedy, right? Right, as a curative, as you've said.
1: So if, if you if you know <laughs> that's all going to happen and you don't want to kind of deal with that, then you might say, well, then I definitely have to wait to list till spring. You know, it's things like that. You've got to know your flavor and you got to talk through these things with a sales professional that's seen a lot of different
0: scenarios. Sure, yeah, and so while the, and while this episode is, is listing seasons, it really is also about planning, though. Absolutely, it, it's really just about the sub theme is planning right is mm-hmm. they yes, we have seasons, but what do we do about it because it 's also a good thing, a good thing, and it 's a you know maybe not so good thing sometimes, That's but right. there is a solution for almost every problem that we have or thing that goes on right, and there this is what is. we as agents are doing is Kind of opening the box to you and showing you what you may not see because we do this all the time and every day. Yeah. That's why you hire us is to show you these things, make you think uh, outside of your, your view. Yeah. And say, you know, your goal may be just to sell your house, but you're saying, hey, we also need to consider... A, B, C, and X, Y, Z.
1: Yep. Just plan B through Z is what I always say so that we're prepared. And even though we think we've seen it all, we've done it all, then we experience something new. But then we have another story to share with you to help you so that you don't repeat that mistake or incident if and when we can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But
1: what I'm seeing too, Josh, I don't know about you, that not only is real estate in our area seasonal, you know, we've been talking about that and prepping and planning, but I'm seeing a new phenomenon in our area. What are you seeing? I'm seeing people be seasonal residents.
0: Seasonal residents. So, what are you what are you talking about?
1: Well, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people, when I lived in Florida and I moved back, they're like, what the heck did you move back for? <laughs> but I think what people forget is that Western New York, I have to say, is one of the most beautiful places ever. In our summer months, typically, sure, uh, we don't have the crazy humidity. We have great temperatures; it's beautiful. Go, you know, mix that into our fall. So, I think a lot of people that grew up in this area, um, obviously for obvious reasons, want to get out of here because the winters—they're over it. At- there's a lot of labor involved with that. You're sick of scraping your windshield, etc. And so you think the grass is greener maybe somewhere else. Okay. So maybe they move to North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida. My that house is
0: still standing. So I live where the <laughs> air hurts my face.
1: Exactly. But what I'm seeing a lot of, Josh, I'm seeing that people are returning home if they're from here or have chosen to call home Western New York in the summer months and get maybe out of the heat or the other extreme uh, conditions of the season of another area. And I'm seeing people that they actually want to rent something in this area or purchase something seasonally in this area. So it's kind of a cool situation. We know that we've got a lot of snowbird scenarios that we've got people that are really, uh, residents of New York state, but then sure. maybe they, t- uh, they take off in the winter months. But I'm also seeing the reverse happen too. Um, you know, you've got, I was talking to a client the other day. They told me they're a snowflake. I'm like, well, what the heck's a snowflake? I've never heard that. not that funny? I'm like, me a snowbird? No, no, no. A snowflake. A snowflake is somebody that comes and goes. Okay. It doesn't matter what the season is.
0: Ah, all right. So it just depends on what they're doing at that yeah, point. Yeah, right? so
1: they're flaking around. They're going to come here and they're going to come there. But here's here's the tale with all of this, though. So that's not
0: where you, I thought you were going. I thought maybe Snowflake was a person who enjoys the winter months. No, no. And, and comes for like, the skiing No, the
1: that seasons. they come and go. But, oh, okay. they, 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 they love October here. It also makes sense. Or they love Christmas, so they come back for Christmas. And yeah. they're here for a month or two, but then they go back down. They come and go. Got they're more it. transient. Mm-hmm. So what I'm seeing, too, and I'm getting phone calls all the time about this— rentals in general, but I've gotten phone calls recently for people that are looking for A, a home that they want to purchase that's sort of turnkey, here great for the summer months that they feel comfortable winterizing or leaving when they go back down south for winter. Or a seasonal rental. People that are from here or not, they've discovered it and they want to come and go. They don't want to be here permanently per se. Sure. But they might want to be here for fall.
0: So you had mentioned this and I kind of put in my notes here. I'd say that kind of unlocks some markets yeah. for some folks, right? Yeah. Uh, it taps into some potentials uh, to un- unlock in your home. Uh, If you are a snowbird, that could be seasonal rentals. Yeah. And so you're kind of filling the voids, right, as you move. So the snowbirds go down and then the snowflakes move in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. We're going to have all these... These uh, you know
0: (laughs) categories of snow, and then the snowflakes move out and the snowbirds come back, and so they're doing periodical or short-term rentals, as they call it, so six six six-month rentals where your home is furnished, your home is ready, as long as you're comfortable and it's easy, and you can maintain a home that way. And
1: you've got a caretaker who's making sure the pipes don't freeze and things like that. I mean, there's an opportunity here.
0: Sure, you can make a bit of money because you're still paying if you have a mortgage on your home, you're still paying on that when you're not there. Um, So unless you, uh, you got it like that. Uh, yeah. which maybe you do. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But Or you just want to defer the cost somehow. Yes. Here's a way to defer the cost with a short-term tenant that is willing to uh, move into your home, take care of it uh, while they're there. and Minimal then, wear
1: and tear because they're not there for long. Yep.
0: And then just when they're done with it and you're ready to come back, you come back and you just, there's your house waiting for you.
1: It's kind of cool, right? Yeah. So, and I think sellers think about that too. If you think your houses might fit this mold, you might hang on to it and rent it and do something that way. But you also might think, well, hey, if I've got that cute little ranch that's kind of turnkey and easy, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's not somebody's primary home, but it's a great place for them to be seasonally as a rental, as 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 a monthly rental, or some... if. Position it to sell to a snowbird or a snowflake. Right. I'm telling you, there's this new emerging market now. So
0: maybe we've seen we're seeing uh, buying habits of some folks. Yes. Change. Yes. So I there, am. There is a market, I like am. you said, for those for those smaller homes. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't always have to be maybe a starter home, or it doesn't always have to be a rental. Right. Uh, as ter- in terms of a long term rental, right? You have to it might be a cabin. It might
1: be something yep. like that. Yeah. And I can tell you that because I did that myself. I'm okay. that person that everyone thought I was crazy, and I moved back
0: here. So Snowbird or snowflake. Yeah, whatever the heck I am. I don't know what
1: I am, but I get it. And I'm getting phone calls all the time for that. I'm getting okay. people that maybe they moved away for whatever reason and they're not going to set up residence here again. But they're really happy to be here because they want to be closer to the family.
0: Yeah,
1: They've got some life events coming up. Uh, they like the weather here in the summer months or in the fall. So I think I want to bring that up. We're talking about there's a season for that. And I think there's seasonal people here now. Who mm. would have thunk it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. You know, actually, my grandmother does that. She comes up from North Carolina and she stays in a camp. See? Uh, So it's a campground and she stays from, I think it's April or May, all the way until like October ish. Yeah. When the campground closes and she has a permanent spot there. She has a house that. It's awesome. You know, what do they call it? Permanent. They call it permanent sites, right? Okay, yeah. You know, they got the hookups for it's, everything. It's, a, it's yeah. a mobile home, but it's more permanent. Right? right. Exactly. And so they, she set that all up and she just comes over and she has people that, you know, open and close it for her. Delightful. And she used to do it herself, but you know, she's getting older and she's like, I can, you know, I don't get around much. So.
1: And it's wonderful. She's got the did. best of both worlds. Yeah. She's got a spot here. She's close to her family. She gets to enjoy our weather in the more seasonable,
0: pleasurable months, yeah. but then
1: she can hightail it out of here when she needs to.
0: Yeah, and she does. And that's not a problem. All she does now is just, she just drives back and forth and she comes up and then goes back. So I get what you're saying. You know, it it allows people to shape their lives the way they want to live them.
1: Yeah. We're all kind of, you hear this a lot and maybe it's overused, but like, you know, living the life that you design and with COVID post pandemic and mobile work and things like that, people have a little bit more control if they choose to do so of where they are and how they're living. And they're a little bit mobile these days. And so. Sure. I'm seeing that, again, we've talked about this from single family homes, when people are trying to buy and get a single family residence to be here permanently. But if you think about it, it's kind of putting us back on the map again, because we have country living with city amenities between two, call it three, with Toronto major cities. It's yeah. a great location. Uh, houses, whether we like it or not, are still very affordable here for the mm-hmm. most part. Yep. Our rents are up there too. So if you're on the investor side, we get a phone call every day for somebody trying to rent something for a week, for a month, for six months. Yep. There's a lot of opportunity here to do that. You can buy that fixer-upper to do it. You can uh, use your own home to do this. There's a lot of information here and things you can do to take advantage of the seasons here.
0: Yeah. So we really turned this turned this episode and brought it full circle. I think there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm depending on what season of life you're in season yeah. of you know selling season of buying yeah. uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing uh, I think there's something here for everyone right I agree you just have to have proper planning and enlist the help of the proper people
1: that's right to and make who, it happen. who would have thought Western New York on the on the map for all of that and more <laughs> we've always known it but now everybody's catching up
0: yeah absolutely um, yeah so I think that about covers the seasons of selling and you know that there is a season for whatever it is that you're looking to do.
1: Yeah. So if you have questions about what's going to be the best fit for you with your scenario and what you're doing in the season of your life and how you're maybe downsizing when you want to list what you're going to do, where you're going to land next, call a, a professional, give us a buzz or contact us with your questions. You can contact us via email at get Real Estate Podcast at Gmail or hit us up on social media on Instagram or Facebook.
0: Yeah. And I have to say that in this profession, that's one of the fun things that we do get to get. To participate in is people might not understand how to make their dreams of fruition. So we get to sit down and we get to talk to these folks and we say, okay, let's come up with, let's brainstorm some things and let's write it out. Let's get the calendar out. Uh, Because some people just, I think that I've I've been saying this a lot, that some people don't know that that is possible. Right. They don't know that it's an option for them until you present them with a solution that doesn't seem outlandish or crazy. True. That's very true. And so to be able to unlock that possibility, for some folks is pretty enlightening and pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. So. And again, it makes us a partner in making your dreams come true in general, and we're happy to be part of it.
0: Yeah, it's just another thing that we do. Yep. Awesome, guys. Well, this has been a great episode. I love talking about this, so be sure to get a hold of us and let us know what you guys think.
1: Sounds great. Till next time, keep it real.
0: Keep it real. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We hope to see you next time. We're going to be doing this a lot more, so be sure to leave us a review and a rating as it lets us reach more people and lets us know how we're doing. We hope you're doing well. Cheers until next time.